There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Okay, so listen up right now. Bowen Yang and I, Matt Rogers, have a little bit of a show we want to invite you to. It's called Night Soap. It's part of Ars Nova's Antfest, and it's at Ars Nova on June 22nd, babe. At 7 p.m. It's an amazing show. Matt and I are so proud of it. Uh, we are both in full drag. Geesh! Geesh! Uh, the show is about two chocolate dynasties, the Hershey's and the Nestle's, uh, warring with each other uh, to fight for who's going to be the first chocolate company to sell chocolate chocolate in space. This is all true. Um, It's part dynasty. It's part war paint. It's just a gag. Come see it. We'd love to see you there. June 22nd at 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale right now at arsnovanyc.com. The wigs are going to be high and so are the stakes. It's night soap and tickets are on sale now. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. You're talking about henna, henna, henna. Ico, Ico, Ande. Giacomo, Fino, Anane. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. And I had to start the pod because these queens were nerding out about video games. And I said, well, why don't we include everyone this in this discussion? This is the first gay with a Weimer that I've had, <laughs> we've had on the this show. This is true. This is the first gay humor yes, yes. that we've had on. I think, okay, we're going to talk about this after we introduce him, but I think 
I'm dealing with some throat stuff, some vocal timbre stuff. Do I sound like I'm dealing with some throat no, stuff? No, but I think I think our guest is. But let's go through the credits, honey. <laughs> Just to preface everything that everyone's voices are going to be a little froggy. Credits and- include... Credits include, and just before we go through the credits, I'm sorry, one more thing. The AC is running because, bitch, it is hot. It's a heat wave. It's a heat wave. Your love is like a heat wave. As Martha something once said during the Motown era. The Shirelles. The Shirelles. No, it wasn't the Shirelles. I'm sorry. I think it's Martha and the Vandellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Or maybe I made up that name because it sounds like it could be. uh... The the Shirelles saying Mama said. Okay, the credits. Let's do this. Okay, guy code, girl code. And you've seen him on Seth Meyers. Oh, honey. And he's he's a true icon. I mean, you see him all around the city. Uh, Headlines, Carolines, frequently. And he has his amazing show that he co-hosts with Christy Cello, Battle of the Divas. The next Look one, for that. Yes. This month, June 28th, 28th at Union Hall. At Union Hall. it's Matt and I have done it. It was a blast. Matt famously beat me um, and Christina Aguilera vanquished over Britney Spears, but that's <laughs> we'll get to that. Absolutely, but I am also a loser of the show too, so we'll talk all about it. Everyone, it is Mateo, Mateo Lane. Lane. Hey, how Hi. are you guys? You know, good. You make me sound so much nicer than I think about myself, so I should Stop. What come is back it? Here. I also just noticed that I have a zit on my shoulder, so I'm sorry. I have a zit on my shoulder <laughs> and I was picking at it on the subway. Oh, I can't wait to get home and pop it. Like a full asshole and then I was I was literally doing it and then Do I, I sound okay by the way? You sound Great. perfect. All right. Just I was checking. just I had to acknowledge the whole like throat thing because I'm the, I'm very scratchy and I just want to get that out of there. Yeah, that was like a Lindsay Lohan right moment. now. You were vulnerable. You were like Katy Perry live streaming. <laughs> oh, well, oh my God. We got, Matea, do you know about this whole Katy Perry I don't live care about thing? her or Miley Cyrus <laughs> or Taylor Swift. I don't care about it. I think they're all talentless. Thank God. Miley? Okay. Oh, we were in DC. You think Miley's talentless? Yes. Yeah. I think what? she's horrific. She's got a fine voice. Based on singing? She sounds like beef jerky. <laughs> I think she I sounds disagree. like, oh, whoa. <laughs> Okay. I don't she think that's how out. she sounds. She does. Whenever she talks, she's like, yeah, so, <laughs> hey, my dad does Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, you have a very I, high I've, standard for vocalists. And I should. Yes. Yeah, I keep thinking, you know, it's like every time I talk to people, it's like I keep feeling like I'm the bad person and that I should I should downplay my feelings. on. But then I watch Whitney no. Houston and I think, you know what? Mm-hmm. No. I, you know what? I stand by it. Yeah, that was the standard at good. one time. And then before her, the standard was Aretha Franklin. Yeah. yeah. And then before that was Judy Garland. Then these bitches better step up. Okay. Yeah. No, you know what i think there's a lot to that i definitely think a lot of the bullshit that we're tolerating like in the media like all the feuds and stuff if we just upped our standards on talent we wouldn't well, be dealing it's with our fault this is what fran Lebowitz says is that it is the audience's fault that art is getting worse and worse because everything's becoming more broad and on the nose mm-hmm. and people can't handle subtleties anymore so that's why theater's going down that's why like every type of art is just being broadened and broadened and broadened because they have to go down to the audience's level because the audiences are getting stupider and stupider oh my God, you know Mate- what that reads in almost every way mateo and i talked about fran Lebowitz one night and you were there matt we were we went to have the you Sokka. watched the documentary yet I I love the documentary. It's, um, it's I watch it uh, probably once a week. It's so good. Like the her whole thing about Times Square is genius. Ah, it's so good. What's her thing about Times she's Square? Like, <laughs> she's like, people keep shitting on Times Square, and it's like tourists keep coming into New York and shitting <laughs> well, yeah. on Times Square, and it's like. Okay, if you don't like it, then like tell us because that's for you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah we'll yeah. take it away if we can. Like that's for you. She's like, you know what Times Square needs? If you're a New Yorker, a butcher, a bookshop. She's like, you yeah. walk around, you hear tourists say, "Oh, we went to this restaurant. They sang. We didn't like it. Well, really, let us know so yeah. we can get rid of it." Yeah, so knock down that fucking red <laughs> yeah. lobster. And then she has this joke about how Times Square is like a gay. It's like the new gay club back in the <laughs> oh 80, yeah for back in the eighties because 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 it's like now it's like you see someone you know in Times Square and you're like. 
Wait, what are you what doing? What the fuck are you, are you doing? I'm not really here. I'm, I'm just for research. Yeah. I came research. with a friend. It's yeah. crazy because I'm there every day of my life because I work there. Yeah. Right. And it is truly a batshit insane place. Yes. Yeah. It's like, very... It's funny that we call it like commercial and safe because I think I feel least safe there, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, the other week a car ran through I like mean, 18 well, people. That and also I just... I, I, I think, well, what was, what's going on in the world, I'm now very, a lot more conscious in the past two years of, like, terrorism, perhaps, like... Well, that's why I moved to Malibu. <laughs> Absolutely. Liza? Thank God Liza's here to chime in. Pizzazz. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't handle the, all the pizzazz that's going on. Let's call it that. Let's call all the bullshit that's happening in the world all the pizzazz. Oh, my God. I can't handle the pizzazz either, and it makes me a little paranoid when I'm in, like, a place that I know... Because I'm like Target, you know, it could be a Target or whatever. (laughs) A Target, not Target the store. It makes me feel crazy because I'm like, it's not gonna happen. But like, it makes me feel crazy because like we have to feel crazy. Uh, That's why I bring depends. Yeah, (laughs) I just call Billy Stretch and I say, I'll just some depends. (laughs) I'm happy to know that Liza's not afraid. You know, Liza not being afraid and God knows she's got reason to be afraid. Well, I'm a hoofer. (laughs) Liza, you're a hoofer and we love you so much and now tell us a little bit more about these dresses you're selling on the Home Shopping Network. I broke my knee. (laughs) How did you do that? uh, Do you remember? Sitting around upside down in a hospital. Okay. So I started to fool around with stuff I love. I had my knee replaced. So I was lying around doing anything. I thought, I hate this. So I started working with Clay. Yeah, okay. She started working with Clay. That's the big takeaway. And that she hurt her knee. Guys, <laughs> we are, we're just quoting. Mateo is quoting, I should say, uh, this gorgeous video of Liza on the Home Shopping Network. Is that real? It's real. Oh, I, I oh. quote verbatim. Oh, my Literally God. Literally, and the host, by the way. I, I mean, my th- this woman, this this um, Some gays splice together the best of Liza Minnelli yeah. on the Home Shopping Network. And she was laying like she was in traction. And the... <laughs> And Liza could have been like face plant a bowl of mashed potatoes, and the host would still be like, "That's right, Liza, four ninety nine. Oh my god! So she was truly just there to like be Liza Minnelli, and they, then she's taking calls too. Yeah. Oh, they had was. a woman call. The the host is like, "All right, we have Doris on the line. Doris is from Georgia. Doris, say hi to Liza Minnelli today." And Liza goes, "Hi, Georgia from Doris." <laughs> my favorite is the woman who's um who says, "And Liza, um, I love you so much. You're so inspir- inspiring to me. You're a mentor to me." And then thank Liza- you so much. You're my mentor too. You're my mentor, too. You're my mentor, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Is it sad or is it funny? Oh, it's both. Or is it truly both both. in a glorious way? Liza, when I think of you, I immediately think of sequence. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And at one point, she's like, you know, she's trying to, like, upsell. So she's like, Liza's wearing a bracelet, and the host's like, you could wear four or five. And the host goes, or Liza goes, of what? She goes, the bracelets. And Liza goes, one'll do. (laughs) (laughs) One'll do. I mean, I think you were the one, Mateo, to tell me that they're putting, like, Liza out to pasture, right? Liza's putting herself out to... Yeah, Liza... Well, she sold her apartment in New York and she's moved out to the West Coast. Oh, it's yeah. sort of like when a dog knows it's gonna die, it, like, goes in the backyard <laughs> yeah, by the itself. Yeah, ca- the cats do that, too. They go off to run and go be by themselves. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I'm no. just going back outside. <laughs> we'll oh, my you. God. Listen, the day she we'll goes... And she I, says Bowen. And she's, she's been white-knuckling it for about 25 years, but I, mean, I, I truly love her. So that will be... Dev- I will be... Yeah. Devastated the day she goes. Mateo has a true roaster spirit for the people that he loves because you truly come for the people that you love. Yes. Like, I know another yes. one is Mariah. Like, deep yes. down in your heart, that's a beloved and, and, and icon. Ma- Mariah is an interesting one because I, for some reason, and I can't 
quite figure out why I keep going back to her. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, like if I'm on YouTube, like I, I will, I will end up on Mariah Carey. Yep. High notes and singing. There's something alluring about Mariah that's different than Whitney. It's different than Christina. Mariah fans are a peculiar yes. fan. Yep, I mean, there it's a, yes, it's a specific person. It reaches to a certain genre of person, pers- persona. <laughs> it just she's. I, I know who it reaches. I, I just I don't know what it is about the hose. her. The hose. If you're a true <laughs> hoe in your heart, you love Mariah. I oh. think you're right. Yeah. An insecure <laughs> hoe. Everyone that I've met that tells me they love Mariah, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You're a hoe. But wow. I don't know what it is. And I and I I know yes. Barbara and Whitney are are truly on if you know they're better singers right, at the end right. of the day they're better no, singers. No, I don't. I disagree. But I think Mariah, there's something more attractive about her. Now, technically, okay, the the runs and all that stuff, like they're all equal. But like mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a sing, like as you're born with a voice. Yeah. I think Whitney was born with a you know what voice. Yes. You think like on their best day of their life, if you put Whitney, Mariah, and Barbara and Celine all up there together, Barbara, you th- Barbara. On the best no day of question. her life? Wow. Mm-hmm. I would have thought Whitney Houston, you would have said. No. Mateo knows sort of the back catalog of, of Barbara stuff, though. Yeah, people, are people when they think of Barbara, they think of her like, hello, my, I'm holding my hands on my head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're my framing yourself. My chickens lay green eggs. You know what <laughs> I mean? She's like a total wacko and, you know, that kind of voice. But when she was it, really in her, her prime, it was, it was something pretty wild. What was that clip wow. you showed us of her? It was some live concert. She's got her full fucking fro out. But she like is belting her tits off, and then she's like she sheds a single tear. It was in the 1970s. It was during a, the promotion of A Star Is Born, and she was singing. <sighs> yeah, and her voice. All, I yeah, I can't say enough. What was that one? It was from A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. I was Evergreen? not when I fell for you. No, not Evergreen, because she was singing real high, like it was like G G G G G. Every note was uh, up there. Oh I'll God. have to look it up. And it was a ballad. It was a ballad. Oh, well, wow. that changed things for me because, yeah, I kind of had this perception of, of, of Barbara as like, hello, gorgeous. As like, more like a theatrical singer yes. and less like a technical, I'm going to blow you away with my range and yes, and exactly. just technique. And like that like changed it for me. And that was yeah. like very recent. She also has something that Mariah and Whitney don't have, which is a perfect passaggio. So her head voice and chest voice are perfectly wow. blended. Yes. So she can jump to either one. But Whitney could never blend them. Mariah can only blend them from up to down, uh-huh. and it's not only mid wow. mid register. So it's wow. not like when she's way up there, mid register she can go yeah, Especially, like she can do that. But Barbara yeah. can swift flip up with a perfect passaggio. So it, to me, I ju- she just is, is a natural singer. Yes. Like also her face, her nose, her cheeks, like her you know she was built like a singer. S- a singer, singer. Yeah. yeah. It's funny later on in Mariah's career, the register switches were really Obvious. rough. Like really I remember. Rough. During and like Heartbreaker, yeah, like she would jump up to those wild notes and those crazy verses yep. in Heartbreaker, and it was I almost thought to myself as I was like whatever, like twelve years old listening to it, I was like, I wonder if she recorded these words separately in one take, and then the chest voice notes like in another take because they sound so different. Yeah, mm. through the rain, oh, Charm Bracelet, she does it the worst. Yes, because through I the rain. Like- and I love through the rain. I love that song, but it's it is it's too distracting. It's it's distracting. It is distracting. She was eight. Okay, so like ninety. She'd always had that sort of whisper, but she started mm-hmm. out as a real belter. Yeah. And she when she would sing in her head voice, she would sing in her head voice. But there was a the the blend. It was masked. I think a little better. Really then, used her low wow. voice too. Oh yeah. Really used the oh, low yes. register of her voice. But then once she then once butterfly came out, she decided to really focus on that mm-hmm. like silky head voice, and her because her her natural 
like Tessera Tour was already a little higher, which she was gonna belt, the sound, the jump wasn't so extreme. But then the voice started to deteriorate in '97, yeah, and <sighs> she never took care of her voice nodules. And yeah. it, it by the time she did Heartbreaker, her voice is good, but there's this like it's. It's it's kind of it's a, it's a big it's jump. It's different. It just had changed. And Whitney's is the same. Yeah, Whitney's is the same. You know what I just listened to? I just revisited. It's not right, but it's okay. That's the song I was thinking of. The but dance I also remix. L- I fucking oh, love it's that so song. Good. You were making a fool of me. <laughs> And then her friend. like crazy ass like vibrato on that belt. It is My friend Mitch, who's a DJ, always plays that whenever I'm like Whitney, and he knows what I'm talking about. I mean, it's, oh my that's, god. He now he said so. My friend Mitch is a DJ, and I asked him because he performs only at gay place, gay this, gay uh-huh. that, and he's. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did he, he mix Bob's? Did he mix purse first? He mix Bob's? Yes, stuff. yes, that's yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I said, who is like, what music do you put on that makes people j- go j- dance the most? And he uh-huh. said, number one is Whitney. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that, I want to dance with somebody. How will I know? You move to those songs. And you her, just get up. So emotional. Yep. And yep. your cover of I'm Every Woman, when that beat oh, comes yeah. in, you oh, yeah. have to move. It's, so it's not right, but mm, it's okay. So that good. that dance remix is so iconic. And also, I do have some tea that it's about to come back to the gay community in a big way. That song? That song. And that's wait, all I'm going to say. What? All right. This that's, means a final performance of RuPaul's. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, I cannot confirm or deny all right, but that's that gonna be, song is going to be back. something they that should is bring that song back every year. Back in our lexicon, and I am so excited about you it. You know what I want because I'm, I love Mariah's "Honey" remix, which yes. is oh. a very similar sort of vibe. I want this is what I want. Okay, okay, and then we can get to. I will talk about my childhood. No, 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 because no, this, this, this is this is this is lit. This is I exact conversation want. I want to take control of Mariah's life. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the manager. Yes, this is the things I would do. Yes, I heard she's a horror. Horrible. Oh, I ask. Trust me, I ask. Um, and my okay. Well, I can't. I shouldn't say that. All right. Um, all right. Let's number one. Get rid of the manager. Yeah. Fire everybody but the backup singers around her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get her into a detox program. Yeah. She is bipolar. Her brother came out and said she's bipolar and self-medicated and a drunk. Completely. And said she'll end up like Whitney. That's what oh he said. Gosh. So let's get rid of the drugs. Let's get rid because it's pill popping. Yeah. And I want a year of you on an island with a physical and a mental. Like yeah. guru, yes, and get you mentally and physically back in a place where she doesn't care about the the music anymore. No. She doesn't care about the singing. She's not. She's completely emotionally disconnected, disconnected. and she's lip syncing everything. So I I want her back in form, and I I don't want her to come back and sound like her, her old self. I want her to come back and sound like the best the evolved version of, version of yep. Mariah. Because the problem with the, Mariah's got ever, the the makings of a great. She needs a ray of light. Album. Where yes. I'm saying Mar- Mariah is, and Emancipation's great, but yeah. it, it wasn't as emotional as I would say like Madonna's Ray of Light, where right. it was a, it was a, an emo- such it was, a change, correct. true reinvention, correct. Yeah. And I think Mariah, she's biracial. Her sister's a HIV positive yeah. prostitute. Her, fa- you know, her father wasn't in her life. She's had three divorces. She's yeah. had, she's had a, a she ups had and downs. So much happened to her. And I think as her fans evolve, we're ready to evolve. With her, I want to see a mature Mariah come back and give me a give me an Adele album, give yeah. me a sad album. Take I don't it back care if to you, basics. Your whistle, if your whistle notes are gone, you had them, you did them. Who cares? We're done with them. You know, I don't care. Just come back and give me the story. Tell but- us the truth, because you know what? She was really able to tell the truth mm. in the beginning of her career. Her lyrics were incredible because she, she cared. Incredible talent as a writer. Uh, emotion. 
The, the album Emotion. Yeah, the album That's Emotion, one of my favorite albums. The album so Music Box. Even Love her lyrics when she was writing at 20 years old for Vanishing, Vision of Love. Vanishing, Vanishing. at 20 years old. And this is a person who also arranges all her own music. <gasps> and has a five octave range yeah. on top of it. This is a true genius. She didn't become a superstar by mistake. No, Mateo, no. You, you nailed it on the head just now. Give her a year off. Tell her to really just come to Jesus with all this shit that she's gone through. And yeah. then, like, I don't know. Just... Oh, my God. It makes me weirdly emotional, to be honest with you. She was so huge for me. Like, I, I think that was the first album, Music Box, that I ever really found and, like, played. Mm-hmm. And then Butterfly, even though that was, like, the turning point in her career, you could but say. But that's a great album. It was my favorite album, I think, ever my in my all, life. My All, but Honey. My All. Honey. When I was playing My All for Henry, and, like, I guess maybe I had to grow up with it because he didn't really get it. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, Henry. this song is so important it's to me. It's so good. This it's song so is so good. important to me. See, Mariah's let me down more than Whitney, and Whitney died. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, is it's like she couldn't... I mean, yeah. Mariah might as well, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I don't. She's just a waste. Of, like, okay, so New Year's, right? Um, yeah, okay, I was gonna gonna ask. She used you, the I word nonchalantly, casually in the song, just as a lyric, nonchalantly. I when I was okay, so I was performing a bunch of shows on New Year's, right? Yeah. So I have yeah. my phone off for most of the night because I'm on oh, stage. God. I'm trying to focus, <laughs> and I I get off stage and I turn my phone on and I get. I'm not making a joke. Seventy. I counted seventy three <laughs> text messages. <laughs> they know who to reach out. Never I mind think I the might tweets. Have texted you, Never but, mind the oh, tweets. Oh yes, yes yeah, you did. Yeah. Nikki Glaser texted me. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, and I was like, oh my god, this is it. Mariah died. What happened? <laughs> I thought Mariah happened. died. Something. And happened. then I watched it and it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> worse. I thought. You know what? But I thought good. I'm glad that I thought that would be a turning point for her to like sort of refocus, and she didn't. No, no. she didn't. My favorite line is, um, "Yeah, do the lift just for laughs." <laughs> hey everyone, this was a number one hit. <laughs> this is a number one. Meanwhile, hit. behind her is like, doesn't get like any all better. These, like whistle tones. Doesn't Honestly, get any better. It was like the ball dropping and the year changing didn't even happen. The the number one topic was what had just gone on with Mariah. Everyone stopped <sighs> at the party. Was that we didn't have cable. We were all. Like circled around one iPhone, it was such a moment, and then people wouldn't stop talking about it for like over a week. Well, Mariah's problem is she, does, you know, she's not graceful either. I mean, her, the one other thing I don't like about her is is her hate towards Ariana Grande, which it's and, so and I'm stupid. And here's my thing about Ariana: she is a talented young girl. Mm-hmm. I, I, I crack jokes about her all the time because yeah. she, I say she has the diction of a fog machine, oh. but like. She's mm-hmm. not my enemy. You know no. what I mean? No, um, but she's got bad diction. Although I did say in Comedy Central that Whitney now can sing better than Ariana. <laughs> <laughs> but I think even it's Ariana would agree. She would agree joke. with that. Um, uh, yeah, she would agree. Yeah, she would agree. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. 
I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Hey, Las Culturistas listeners. We're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with Gift Mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. But I think, I think what she pulled off with the Manchester, uh, the sort of the festival that she threw after the, the attack, I thought that was, it was great. really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. She did a very cool thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, Mariah just, anyways, but that's, the, well, yeah, my well, life is categorized by very few things, and, it's, <laughs> and Mariah's one of them. Divas are one of them. Let's just like break, like just starts like expand. With, I could tell you right now, it goes from Maleficent to Storm <laughs> to Barbara Streisand yeah. to Mariah Divas. to Cleo Lane, then to Maria Callas. Okay, because... We were gonna talk about Maria Callas. I will talk oh, to I, you and I, I will cry. I, and I, I can't will, even uh, get my head around the Maria Callas thing with you. I, I couldn't. Do now? Why? Because your depth of knowledge about it—it's—it's it's so funny. We, you were showing us a YouTube video, and you were able to like stop it at points and like science teacher out. You on were a, you were like giving a seminar. On you are—that's your favorite video on YouTube, isn't it? The one where it's she was singing Damore al Dolce yeah. Impero and it was showing the notes and stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, oh that's it's such a great, yeah. Okay, I mean, let's start there because usually we ask all of our guests what was the culture that like 
shape to you that like uh, Sleeping Beauty Sleeping Beauty Maleficent bigger than anything Sleeping Maleficent Beauty. the and, first and, gay icon and let me exp- I you know I didn't realize how big of a, of an impact the two artists of that film that impacted me were Mark Davis who's uh-huh. my favorite artist who illustrated mm-hmm. Maleficent Sleeping Beauty Cinderella Cruella DeVille he was yes. sort wow, of the he female he created them yes he was the female like when they needed Drawing the female body is. By the way, I would. I for those listening, I was in art school and I drew TV commercials for and fashion ads forever. Um, this he, is someone who's an incredible comedian, incredible artist, and incredible singer. Renaissance. Just band. so you know, okay. what we have on the show. Single today. desperate. <laughs> I. I. Um, the female body is a very difficult image to sell to an audience, and Mark Davis was the king. There was they had seven uh, artists who were like the head animators of Disney, and they sort of created all the. The, the, the characters that we know today. Right. From uh-huh. 1937, 1939 was uh, Snow White, all the way up through Jungle Book, which is like 65. They probably all stopped around the 70s at some mm-hmm. point. Right. So Mark right. Davis was a big influence. I mean, he created Maleficent. Um, and Ivan Earl, who was the artistic director for that film, also, if you look at Sleeping Beauty, um, artis- first of all, most Disney films take one and a half to two years to make. Mm-hmm. And a background takes a day to make. Uh, Sleeping Beauty took seven years to make. Wow. And the backgrounds took about a week to make. Wow. So Ivan Earl, who was a modernist painter at the time, was taking these old tapestries from, you know, the Renaissance and 14th century and all these things, and then adapting that for Sleeping Beauty, which they also mixed with Tchaikovsky's Sleeping Beauty Ballet. Right, right, right. So the whole film is just an artistic masterpiece. They literally could have a museum just on that movie. Um, but wow. the, the movie itself, it's funny because I tried to lay what my connection is with all my sort of obsessed I'm a very obsessive yes. personality yes. a lot of gays are actually yeah, I think. we, are. we yeah, latch so on to things uh, yeah. so Maleficent is one and uh, Sleeping Beauty the singing and then I, I, I do not tell people this I am a nerd about skyscrapers Wow. I am on a skyscraper message board called Skyscraper Forum. I am obsessed with um, high-rise construction and super tall skyscrapers all over the world, specifically New York. It's you know New York versus Hong Kong and Chicago. Those are the world's three largest skylines. Mm-hmm. Um, Hong Kong number one. Uh, and it, uh, the movie, the architecture of that movie is the the spires, the spires and the castles. If you look at it, like. Image-wise, I just must have soaked up so much that I don't. I'm subconsciously wow. finding other things in real life that bring me back to Sleeping Beauty. So Maria Callas yes. would be a big one for me because the movie was made in the '50s when Maria was the queen, yeah, yeah, and the yeah, singer yeah. for Sleeping Beauty has a very round sound, and she's a coloratura soprano like Maria Callas. Uh-huh. So I'm attracted to that that like sort of bottled round sound of a of an opera singer, and then artistic-wise, and then Maleficent, and then Maleficent. I mean, it's you know a whole thing. What about Maleficent? Maleficent. I mean, because I, my joke is that like she's a gay icon. She, all her requirements are she has horns and she's a cunt. We're like good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. yes. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maleficent. The horns do a lot of work. Get in the pantheon. Yes. Know. I have dr- the thing I've drawn the most in my life is Maleficent. I yeah. I would sit when I was a kid. My mother is also an illustrator. I think it's genetic. Oh, she cool. never taught me how to draw. She oh, she was just Italian Mexican. She had kids. That was her life. Mm-hmm. But she, my brother, sister, and I are all artists. My brother's a top designer at Apple. Mm. So, like, the way your phone, he lives in San Francisco, the way your phone looks and how it moves and how it's designed, my brother does all that. Wow. And I illustrated TV. I mean, we're all sort of artistically, yes. it's genetic. Yeah. And I would sit and draw. I'm not making a joke. I would draw, I would go through a ream of paper a week, which is 500 sheets. And my mom would scream at me because she would say, <laughs> use the, because I would make one line. If I didn't like it, it went to the back and I did it again until it was perfect. Yeah, yeah. And my mom would, you use the back? I, I knew I didn't like it, but I Maleficent. I drew. I must have drawn her 
and I also did flip books with post-its. I would go to Staples and Gosh. fill post-its up with flip books, and I would sit and draw all day. My gay cousin would draw too, so him and I would sit. So he lived next door to me, so I would sit and draw with him. <laughs> also, I'm a Maleficent fan. He's not a big Maleficent fan, but he's definitely a big <laughs> faggot. And yeah. so we would draw. Like, Is he an Ursula gay? He does. He's not into the Disney movies, to tell you the truth. Uh, what do you he think put, of Ursula? He, Oh, I love her. Divine, yeah. please. Yeah. Ollie Johnson or Frank Thomas, one of those two designed her and based her off of Divine. Right, yeah. Wow. That yeah. was the inspiration. Okay, that's so funny that this, like, the ream of paper was, like, this beautiful thing for you. Because, I, I mean, I, like, drew a lot as a kid. Like, I didn't really, like, grow into it as an adult. But, like, the best thing that ever could have happened in a week was my dad came home from work and stole, like, 500 sheets from, yes! from the office. And I was like, yes! Yes! I oh, Bowen, yes! to draw on. Yes! And I still... You know what's sad? As I was thinking about this the other day, I'm getting back into portrait painting. Great. Um, but I... Because, because I I have drawn so much. I was talking to Henry about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, I was talking to him like, he was playing, he was like tired or something. So he was literally like zombie eyes, but playing yeah. these amazing <laughs> piano. <laughs> and I said, Henry, I said, does it ever like shock you that like you in your sleep can play the piano like unbelievably well, but like it doesn't even matter to you. And he's just kind of like, not that it doesn't matter, but those days where you're just like, sure. you're over it. Yeah. yeah. And I said, I- I've gotten to a point in my life where I've drawn so much that part of me is just kind of stopped. Yeah. I've stopped sitting and drawing at a table with my imagination and it really makes me sad because it was such a personal Totally. I don't know how I'm not sure how I'm gonna get back to it, but what do you feel that way about did you do you ever feel that way about comedy or stand up or anything? Like that you've tapped stand, out? I don't know. Stand up is too new to me yeah, yet. Yeah. I've only been doing it five years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So to me, I'm still exploring and discovering and finding my voice. And getting up in front of a crowd like surges you with that adrenaline. Right. And I have it's more goal oriented. It's it's a new cha- I am a person who enjoys challenge. Yep. And it's a new challenge to me. So I'm still learning that world. Right. We're drawing. It's like if you told me I need you to I can literally draw anything you want. Anything. You can draw anything. Yeah. Um. But that's so funny because this, this goes back to the thing where you're like, well, you know, gay people are sort of obsessive, or not all of us. I'm like, a, a very obsessive person now, and latched onto things yes. and did not let go. But meanwhile, like you do let go of these things. And we were just talking about video games before we went on uh, air, mm-hmm. <laughs> air hit record. And like I, for a period of time in the last like five, this is like the best year in gaming in decades, I think. And so now I'm finally getting back into stuff because there's stuff that's like attracting me. Mm. But like for like a solid eight years, like I was not playing video games and I was like, yeah, yeah. it's boring, whatever. So like that, not that that's, not that that's a passion or no, an art No, but it's form. the same thing where it's like you you give so much energy to mm-hmm. something and then something happens where it just you something to, dies about it. You have to come back. Yeah. Totally. You have to come. And you know, I also oh created gosh. a cartoon mm-hmm. that I spent months. I mean, there's, uh, to me, as, a, as an illustrator artist, I think actually all art really does. Singing, it all function the same way. The evolutionary process and what inspires you all work the same way. I think for me, I can't speak on certain people, mm-hmm. as an illustrator, there's only, so, I've only had less than five moments where my skills are up to par. I can draw anything I want. Yeah, it doesn't mean sure. I care about it. Where this something happens to you where there's this this surge of, of like when I did my cartoon, right? Uh-huh. I saw it in my head and I would, I, I don't, I can't, I actually can't put it into words. I just knew I had to get it all out. Wow. And, I, and in a month, I did 500 drawings, fully colored, full drawings, characters, storyboards, outlines. And I literally, one day I did one last drawing and looked at it and I said, okay, done. And, and, and that kind of surge where it's like, it, it fills you up and you have to get it out has only happened like 
Five times, you said? Less than five. The I last totally time that happened, identify with that. There was a, and when I was in, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much. No, but like, oh, this is. There, there, last time that happened, I was in college and we were in a storyboarding class and we had to come up with like our final piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was, I just, I was, obs- my, my friend Sophia is Greek, my, one of my neighbors in Chicago. And her mom would do the, it's called tessography, where they read the coffee grounds, very similar to like tea leaves in the yeah. Greek coffee cups. And something hit me where this story of this girl who's Greek and she wants to learn this, uh, the, the ancient tradition and her grandmother, you know, is trying to teach her. And one night she went to bed and she was visited by this spirit and the spirit took her and she fell into the cup and everything started. All the symbols came to life and she, you know, this whole thing. And it just hit me and I was like, <gasps> and so I did, and again, and it has to, for me, it has to happen within a night. Wow. So in a night, I did 300 drawings. <gasps> I just sat up and I just did all the drawings that I possibly could until I got it out and then it was done. And then it's like this feeling of like, whoosh, is yeah, out. Because you're intrinsically an artist. I think sometimes like, I think that's the yeah, Italian in you. That's the Italian. Yeah. I am so <laughs> and, Italian, and, by the way. No, I'm like, passionate. It's just that kind of like... Inspir- it's like you have to get it out. I mean, it's the way you express it just, yourself. It feels very it's, um, it's Renaissance you. era. It's like you, yeah, you know, you just do it. But it doesn't come like so now. Like I did Princess Cupcake, which is the name of my cartoon. I'm I'm pitching two months from now. That has all been an annoying process the entire time. Not the drawing part, the, the everything, everything else, all the bullshit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know the next time I'll be that. Like I've tried to pick up and do a comic book, or I've tried to do this and yeah. stuff. And my my brain is just like, but I it's wish... fine that you don't know because you know it will happen again. It will happen because again. That's just who you are. I hope. I hope it may. Act, you know it what? And it may not. Will. It may not. But you know what? Like I just don't believe that could happen because if you think back to the beginning of your life, it's been happening, right? Whether whether it be in what in any area of your life, there comes a time when at when you're an artist, you have to reveal something new about yourself, or at least prove to yourself that you're that that you've changed or when you've yeah. learned things, like. For me, it's like whenever I write like a new show, I feel so accomplished at the end because it's like, okay, well, I created something that's like a piece of myself. Mm-hmm. That's just, I think, how some people exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Like writers, mm-hmm. you know, the way that they get that out is by writing. Yep. Actors performing. They, they latch onto a piece. They feel they connect to it and it reveals something about themselves. You, I think, maybe right now in your life, that's most naturally coming out with art, yeah. which is like and really may- fascinating when you think take into account that you have so many talents. I, I would be okay if it came... Even just one more time in my life. I actually don't expect it. Maybe another fifteen years. Wow. But I, I'm t- the kind of energy that it is 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 it's it, it also exhausts you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's it's an exhausting process. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. like an it's like a it's like total catharsis. I mean, I don't know how to describe it, but I if it comes in ten years from now, it comes, and if it comes earlier, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. But I, my skills at least will be up to par. I mean, I I make sure that I still draw every once in a while, so I keep up my you my stay technically and that's right. perfect because that then the skill isn't a variable. It's not going to be a question mark when you do return to it. Right. It's like it's unlike Mariah, where it's like hopefully when she does go back to this like authentic place with her music, like her limit will be that she can't like do all five octaves, but at least yeah. she'll like return to it that's with some the, sort of inspiration. Well, that's what happened to Maria Callas too. Is when she mm-hmm. wanted to go back, the the voice wasn't. 
able to do what it was able to. That's what sucks about singing. It's like athletic. It's being an athlete. Right. It literally, it's making me think of, I used to Judy, run no. every single oh, day. Like athletics were such a big part of my life. Yeah. Like sports were huge for me. Every single day I ran six to eight miles and I was like a really good track athlete. And that happened all throughout high school. And then one day I just stopped and I never did it again. And now when I try, when I tried to work out the way I did or just try to work out at all, I end up doing too much or like really exhausting myself and I don't think it's because I'm out of shape I think it's because I'm used to what I your was your brain is still used to a certain exactly like, and level. I think that with, with these artists mm-hmm. the same thing happens artists and athletes so similar yeah. yeah and I think that Mariah I think she's facing the fact that she is not the athlete that she was and yeah. that is devastating yeah and it's depressing and that's why age is so real yeah. for I think that's why she hates Ariana Grande she sees a uh, yes. premium talent right there and it's being used to its full potential at the right time and she's thinking to myself and this is she's thinking to herself and she is like put in an industry where she has to think about it oh shit I'm old and I can't do what mm-hmm. I did and that is that's the world's jo- fault Joan Rivers <laughs> always said she goes comedy will keep you alive forever yeah. She's like, you know, I, I would go. <laughs> I mean, she died, but you know what I mean? Like, it's. <coughs> I saw her in the last three years of her life on stage. Don't even tell me that. Because yeah. I never saw her. Or I met did. Her, and I it saw her do a show me. on the Lower East Side. There was like 25 people in the audience. I went on a. No, it wasn't three years ago. It, it was. It was your freshman year of college. It was my freshman year of college. I was on a date with a girl. <laughs> and I saw Joan Rivers do stand up, and she was still working out jokes. Mm-hmm. She was in her, what, I guess, 80s? 70s, 80s. Late 70s? Yeah. Still working out jokes. Yeah. Joan Rivers said she was like, I was at, you know, you'll go, I go out to lunch with these old Hollywood actresses who are beauties in their day. And we walk out and the paparazzi say, can you please move so we can get a picture of Joan? Mm. She goes, comedy will keep you alive forever. Yeah. And I, she, she is, she is right. I don't even know how I fell into stand-up comedy. I mean, I should be drawing for a living, but like part of me is happy that I'm doing comedy because it's like, at least maybe that will keep me sharp forever. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know? I mean, you've got like, you know, a, a post to like, that you can go and touch and like, so that you can like be in the sort of the comedy camp for a little bit and then inevitably you'll end up. Comedy is the world I feel most, I've, <clears throat> I've always felt a little outside of every circle group I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. I always feel little on the outside or not accepted. Mm-hmm. Comedy is the first place that I feel totally accepted. And I think it's because you know, I'm with these stand-up comedians every night who are weirdos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're weird people, yeah. you know? And it's just the first place I've ever, like, that's why I love comedy, too, is because I feel like I finally have a home. Like, after 30 years, I'm like, oh, I finally have a group of people who likes me for being me. I don't have to feel insecure, for, you know, all these things. So. Totally. You, I think, <laughs> hit me with the best joke I've heard in, like, a, maybe two or three years. You went off on this tirade about Rachel Ray and her blowjob voice. <laughs> I just loved it because I was always like thinking, what is it about Rachel Ray? And I'm like, okay, yeah. Once you said her, I was like, yeah, it's her blowjob voice. Yeah. Beef That's jerky, BJ blowjob. <laughs> she just, I mean, that show's so stressful. I can't think she of anything. She is stressful. And, and she set a precedent for the Food Network to be the most stressful network on television. We don't, why do, I don't want to see a meal made in 30 minutes. I don't want to watch a pudgy little Italian woman who can barely reach the counter <laughs> run around with a clock countdown behind her as if a bomb's going to go off. I mean, they might as well have sniper lights on her head while she's trying to get her EVO. When you have to shorten olive oil, E-V-O. it's a bad show. And she's like, okay. Like, I <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and name a meal right now. Now name a meal of hers that's been good. Name one. Oh my um, god. Because you can't. I don't know. Does she even do signature meals? Or is she just like? It's it's all burnt chicken. I mean. It's, <laughs> That's, oh, here's how you awful. burn chicken. She does like lasagna in a mug. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, no! I mean, it's, listen, listen. If you were in the 80s and you were in a coma and you woke up and you saw Rachel, you would say, ah, the gremlins. But I mean, it's like, first of all, I just think like, like cooking is not supposed to be this thing that's supposed to be stressful and get it done fast. No. And no. I mean, I grew up in a house where my mother forced me, my brother and sister to cook with her every night. Mm. And it was, I loved it. We would make pizza dough. We'd put this together, then it has to rise. And so you wait till it rises and you go back and then it's risen and it's exciting for the kids or you make meatballs or sauce. I mean, it's supposed to be this thing that's like a cultural pass down or something that's like full of love or something that's not supposed to be like marketed. Yeah. Rush through it. Yes. Now, are you the kind of Italian that could never set foot in an Olive Garden? Oh, I've gone to Olive Garden a few times in my life. A few times. So I think not, that Trump not... is the Olive Garden of presidents. <laughs> there you go. That's, that, that reads. That makes sense to me. David Mazzoni, he won't even go on an Olive Garden. I mean, I, if I would never choose it. to go to an Olive Garden. I mean, I'm a snob in all sense when it comes to pizza uh-huh. and mm-hmm. good red sauce. Yes. I'm a snob when it comes to those. Sauce. If you want good pizza, go to Ribalta. It's on 12th Street and Broadway. It's authenticated by the EU and <gasps> Napolitan government from Italy to be Vera Pizza, which is veramente true pizza. And if they, like, sell ranch dressing, they're fined $1,000. <laughs> and it is, and everyone's from Italy. What's it called again? Ribalta. Ribalta. And it's kitty, kitty corner to the strand. Everyone oh. in there is from Italy. <gasps> oh, it. yeah, of course we walked past it. Okay, I just want to say one thing. And and just, I mean this literally. They don't make them like Matteo Lane anymore. Because you, you have someone here who like has his values, sticks to them, and they are they are linked back to a lineage, yeah. a tradition that, you know what, you can't sully. And and, and the, for the people who do, then they get read for filth. That's beautiful. Mateo, I love that. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. You know what? Because I, I feel like a fucking fraud whenever someone's like, what's a great... I mean, first of all, people who come up to me and don't know me and who are like, what's a good dim sum place? I'm like, fuck off. But yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I know. But people ask good- me, what's a good... Pizza, Italian place. Sure. And I say, I, I mean, I'm no. not, I say Ribalta. Yeah. I also had to seek that uh-huh. when I when I came to New York because I had my haunts in Chicago. Right. Well, every Sunday night was my Aunt Cindy's house. But then mm-hmm. we had a place called Fellini, which is the, the people are from the exact same town in Sicily my grandpa's from, oh, wow. which is like a 400 people. It's called Montevago, if anyone's been there. <laughs> and um, uh, so that was like a, a place I would go to in Chicago for good red sauce and it was essentially my family's cooking because we're from the same area of Italy but when I came to New York I had to have my I had to have my good wow. sauce yeah. my good so I had to seek that there's another good Sicilian place uh, called Piccolo Cucina on Prince and Spring and it's all Sicilians who work there and they've got great it's like a, sort of like a tapas but Sicilian Piccolo Cucina, a cute kitchen. Was that like was little, that little, 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 little kitchen. kitchen? Little kitchen, little kitchen, little kitchen. Piccolo Cucina. Yeah, Ooh. this is kind of reminding me of how um, whenever anyone asks me, "Excuse me, do you know where the nearest McDonald's is?" I can always tell them. <laughs> but you're Sudi a Greek. and I were literally you're a Greek yeah. But the thing is, though, Matteo, I'm not connected to that Greekness. Like, it's so funny. Like. Whenever Which is I'm rare for Greek. Like, Greek, rare Greek, for Greek. You're Greek. And well, I'm, his face when they have I look drawings. When they have drawings of a Greek profile, those Roman, those different Medi- Mediterraneans themselves from Egypt to Italy yes. share common traits: yeah. our, our eyes, our noses. Mm-hmm. But this face from the side is literally 
what you see in Greek statues. It's, it's a like nose. the flat nose that goes down like this, and then mm-hmm. the chin that comes out like that, yep. and then the the big almond eyes. Yes. I mean, you literally are a it's Greek true. face. I have a very Greek way about me. The thing is, I <laughs> wish I was more Greek in terms of percentage. I'm like, it's like forty percent. That's pretty and significant. Then, but like, I I wish I could like commit to something. Like, it's not. I'm like arguing with my like own <laughs> the background. Is, I'm culturally half Italian, but I'm really only a quarter. Oh, okay. Because the other quarter is Mexican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's Irish. See, but even, like, I don't know any of the Greek language. Like, ne, I wish. I wish. I saw my big fat Greek wedding, and I was like, yeah, I get this. And that I'm like, was that's my childhood. I was like, that's because everyone gets this. But also, like, people that really got it, oh, really got it. That is my childhood. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. I, I revisit yeah. My mom is my mom's real dad is Mexican, but he left. So here's the story on him. He come on story. <laughs> Joaquin Maldonado. Um, I have an uncle who's younger than me because he had so many kids outside of the marriage. Mm. So um, my mom's one of seven, but actually she's probably one of like eighteen. But the seven that she knows, oh um, five of them are Italian Mexican, and my grandpa ha- was a hitman in the mafia. So his oh, job, wow. but he was like a low end guy. So he like if you owed money, he'd break your legs. So he. <laughs> Would like he was such a horrible father. He would leave the house for like months at a time. My mother had a horrible childhood. Oh, she was yeah. essentially raised by her grandparents from Italy. Mm. But um, my grandpa um, had another family and named those kids the same name as my <gasps> grandma's kids. Oh my god! But so he wouldn't confuse them. Oh my god! That's so, insane. Yes. So my mom, when she was twelve, my they got a divorce, and then my grandma remarried a Sicilian who's blind, but he's a judge. And he's got a whole other fascinating story. Oh my um, so my mom lost all connection to her Mexican grandparents, her cousins, her everyone Mexican in her life. My grandma just shut them out, wow. which is the most unhealthy way to deal with something. But so That's technically, so extreme. That's I well, mean, she and my grandma was. I mean, she was the fifties. Was 50s, an extreme she, situation. I don't, I mean, yeah, two yeah, families. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't fully yeah. blame my her. My mom either. reconnected with her father when she was thirty. Wow. She sought him, and her sisters sought him. And my grandma, when she found out, was. Furious, and they fought real long and hard about that. But my mom uh, sat down with my my, her real dad and asked them every question. Said, you know, he he she said he owned up to everything, and he apologized. And when he died, they went to his funeral, and like nine other brothers and sisters came up (gasps) to with the same names, yeah. Because my mom's real last name is Maldonado, uh-huh. which is a Mexican name. Mexican. But she, it changed to Pomaro when she remarried. And my grandma somehow got her birth certificate changed. That is the most Italian shit I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. My mother's birth certificate changed from Cheryl Maldonado to Cheryl Pomaro. I don't know how the she fuck she done. did that. You can do it. God bless. No, they change up. That's insane to meet someone that literally has your name because your father had another family. There's another literal to you to him. There's there another, was another Sherry Maldonado, a Cindy Maldonado, a Deborah Maldonado, That's a Joaquin. Fuck with your head. and my grandma, I shouldn't be saying anything. My grandma, my I have an uncle Jack. His birth name is Joaquin Maldonado. My oh, grandma wow. changed it to Jack Pomaro. God bless this grandmother of yours. Well, my grandma, you uh, we you should have her on this show. <laughs> What's her culture sound like? 
uh, my grandma. <laughs> well, she wears a house coat. Um, <laughs> she doesn't stop running. She's 81. Um, she's obsessed with pop culture. You could call my grandma right now. She could tell you anything you want to know about pop culture. Wow. She knows everything about sports because my grandpa's blind, so she has to read the sports section to ah. him. So now my grandma knows the trading and all that other stuff. Um, she is, My grandma's fascinating. I talk to my grandparents probably twice a week. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wait, where is she? She's, she's Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful Chicago boy. Um, Mateo Lane, we don't talk about Chicago enough. I feel like you've like fully like left that behind, but is, or is that not fair to say? In a, no, you're right. In a yeah. way, okay. I, I think I I was I love that I come from Chicago. Yes, and Chicago is such a beautiful city, uh-huh. and and what an amazing city to grow up in. Yeah. I mean, just culturally and the down. I mean, everything about it. I went to school there. I went to school at the Art Institute of Chicago. Mm. Prestigious um, and it, very, very best art school in the country. Yep. Come on, um, snap. I uh, and I almost didn't go to college. I was so horrible in high school. Uh-huh. Um, I hate that that holds people back. What from were you like in high school? Wait, high school. High school. I was every day. I would come home and cry. I was made fun of constantly. I was a loser. I was um, just full of shame. And in therapy, I'm really working because the one thing, my biggest thing in life, is just needing to be liked by people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I had such a struggle with that my entire life that I, everything from my physical appearance to inside, I am constantly still trying to shed uh-huh. those, those, um, feelings. What so, did they say uh, about you in high school? Faggot and make fun of me and you laugh at me. And I mean, I would, I had, I, to the point where I had does, I knew what hallways to walk and what periods to avoid yep. certain people. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was, and, and I just, I remember, and I tried to do choir and I tried to do, um, uh, show choir uh-huh. and I was so I couldn't handle I mean now I have a good sense of humor and that that came from years of I mean you know but I, it it just took such a long time to get over caring what people think yep. about me yeah. and it's still to this day it stings I was in Ohio two weeks ago I called faggot three times in a day god and just I, who? Just, well, I was just wearing a boa with, uh, but I mean no I mean <laughs> no, I was not the no, best. You, <laughs> Just li- just while you were on stage, I was in a I was going to Starbucks. I got a, what was called a drive-by faggot. Ugh. So I'm standing there, and Jesus it just sounded like faggot. And I know Ugh. it really hurts. It sticks with you so much. In fact, I'm not gonna lie. A, a lot of the way that I've chosen to dress over the past five or six years are are subconsciously always in my mind. I'm like, well, I don't want to be called faggot. So I can't gays wear, always. I can't wear this. Yes. I mean, that is something that gay people think about. That that. And I'm sure women deal with, obviously. In a different like, God, way, what am I going to wear? Exactly. With, with gay men, it's different than it is with women. It but all for me, it's, specific, it's specifically like, how can I butch up? And I always say this. I always make fun of the Hell's Kitchen gays about this, but I'm guilty of it, too. How can I best dress up like the guys that made fun of me in high school so that I look like them so they won't target me today? I have a group of friends that I found over the past year that I, I – yeah. They're not comedy related, mm-hmm. except Bob, but like they're they're just so wonderfully like my friend Patty. Bob the Drag Queen. Bob the Drag Queen. Yeah. My friend Patty is I'm like my heart swells when I think of Patty. Mm-hmm. He's five foot five, long red hair, walks around the winter. He lives in Washington Heights and has a giant fur coat yes. and doesn't give a sh- and smokes and just yes. what cold. I mean he <laughs> what I mean cold? they just they're just living their it's That's truth. like my inspiration yeah. for you know it's so funny. Okay, I'll, I'll, how much time do we have? Plenty. We have time. I okay. So I I was talking about this today with my therapist yeah. um, about how 
when I'm on stage, I'm still struggling. Like last night I did Hartford, mm-hmm. Connecticut. So the, the majority of the audience doesn't know who I am, mm-hmm. and they are straight. Rich I mean, I perform for straight people yeah. every yeah. single a lot. night. And I'm still coming out of the closet. Right. I'm still dealing with my sexuality. Ugh. And I, and uh, you know what's crazy? I did, okay, so I've done, I've technically done two late night sets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Only one of them Congrats. aired. Oh, um, yes! I yeah, did. Oh, this I know about this. fills me with rage every time I'm reminded of this. Two years Go ago, ahead. I did a late night set, and we will not name who it is, because no. I, whatever, I guess that's the appropriate thing to do. And for two months, you know, they call you first and say, we want to work with you and get you on late night. I said, awesome. And then uh, you work out your material and blah, 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 blah. And we figured out a set. We'd gotten down perfectly, mm-hmm. sent in the transcripts. and uh, Pick out what you're wearing. Yes. Oh, yes. I might have a knot in my stomach saying this story right now. Um, and it's not a pity me, but it's a whatever. Um, I did the show. I flew out. I filmed it. Mm-hmm. I did the show. And then they say, we'll, we'll air it like a week later. Mm-hmm. Two days later, I got a call from the, the producer. And she said that... And the way she, I could find her finding her words. Oh, I could God. hear her finding her words. She, my opening joke was I sing opera, and then I say that's how it came out to my dad. <laughs> and she goes, well, we love your first joke. Um, we'll say his name is Tom. Tom loves your first joke, uh, but uh, we feel, we think we feel that you will, uh, you should just stray away from that for the rest of the set. And I said, what What's do you mean? That? The sets are already taped. Yeah. And she goes, well, no, they want me to oh, come back oh, to I'm refilm s- it. Oh, my God. And I said, um, okay. I said, well, what, you know, can I, t-? and I knew where this was going. Yeah. So I was, was testing her. So I said, well, can I talk about dating? Well, we would, f- you know, I think that we would just feel comfortable if you just, you know, we want to see the fun Mateo. We want to just see the mm. different side of Mateo, you know, and, and let's not hit the same point over and over again. Fun for them. Yes. And I said, well, can I talk about my, br- my brother? You know, I just feel that Tom thinks that we would, we would, it would really be in our best interest if we would just avoid that topic. We, let's get it out up front and then let's just move on to other things. And so I called my manager and, and her and I got into a fight and then I said, no. I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not no gonna do it. Way. And it, it sent me into here's why I'm happy it happened. Strangely enough, one, a year later on August twenty fifth, the exact same day I did Seth Myers. Yeah. Who had wow. the same day. And no one had any they were so wonderful. They were like, do whatever you want. I mean, they I didn't I got not, not a single note. They said, do whatever the fuck you want. It's a great fuck set. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you. And I, But yes, it was great that mm-hmm. I could just say what I wanted to. But at the time, like I think a year. Year and I think it was how long ago? It was August twenty fifth. Not that time, yeah, but it's like ten a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. I was in such a a bad place mentally. Mm. I think as a comic, I got a lot early, and it swells your head with right. the wrong idea of what's important. Mm-hmm. And so at my at that time, succeeding earlier in your career, correct. Yes. Yeah. At that time, the focus was credits mean everything. Credits yeah. mean everything. Yep, yep, yep. This means everything. And I became obsessed. And when that thing happened with Tom and that late show, mm-hmm. I crumbled Ugh. because I didn't know what was important You're to me. placing a lot on that. And, yeah. and it was also dealing with everything from my sexuality to my identity to everything about high school. I mean, all those demons came back up. Right. But at that point, it's like, that's on them. That's not necessarily on you thinking, it, oh, well, credits mean everything, but it's Absolutely. I mean, you got. I mean, you got that but success. It's based on, on them, but alone. they're in power, and that's what's frustrating, yes. and that's the unique predicament of it. It's like I know this is wrong, and you know what? I can tell in the timbre of your voice that you know this is wrong. Oh yes. And, oh yes. And 
and yet we're still doing this. This yep. woman knew she was yes. wrong, and Tom knows he's wrong. I actually think, though, because what's funny is, like, right after that, I had gotten a ton of road work with Lisa Traeger. Mm-hmm. And so every weekend, her and I were out on the road, and mm-hmm. she's like... A uh, Russian immigrant refugee, tough cunt, and she did not let me feel sorry for myself. Love and that. she really helped me focus, and other people too in my life, obviously. But Lisa was a main factor of. Now I I feel so different. I feel mm-hmm. like my main focus is the most important thing: our relationships yes. and yeah. and nurture the friends in your life that really mean something to you yeah. because that's the most important thing. And number two, care about what you're talking about on stage. Being wow. on stage, care about the things you're saying. Care about the make sure the work is good. Right. Everything else, it doesn't matter. Because you know, Lisa Lisa brought up a good point to me too. Because a lot of people get stuff, or someone gets this, or someone gets that, and it's all, you know. Lisa goes, "The Macarena was a hit at one time." Yeah. <laughs> now you know, are you? Is this a race, or are we in it for the long run? You know, I plan on doing this the rest of my life. So I don't care if so and so does this or if so and so does that. I'm still doing this, yep. and I that was something that never occurred to me. And so I think the past year has been a huge shift in my perspective mentally of what is important to me and what the outlook on life should be. But I mean, even like, I think when I met you probably, I mean, Mm -hmm. I was in that, that, that mental, and I can see some other comedians now who are in that mentality Uh and it's a prison. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm better for it, but I still struggle with these things, but at least I'm working hard to, move past it. I think it's more difficult for you guys in the stand-up world. I really do. I think I think that's why you see a lot of comedians coming out later in life. A lot of people that are that are doing stand-up right now that are closeted, that mm. are very successful. I know a very famous oh, closeted I mean, gay comedian. I think, yeah, the one. same one. Yes. But, but the thing is, I think in the world of sketch and in the world of improv and the kind of like UCB community, it's more insulated. It So that is one thing is you feel like Ooh, I'm not really getting what it's like to perform for like an audience of people in Midtown like you are, but it also feels more safe. I mean, it's very safe for the gay community, and I think it's very safe for the most part for women and for you know racial minorities. Um, but then you step, you take one step out. And it's the stand-up world, and it is more vicious. Audiences are more unforgiving. Yeah, people. I think some comedians, some non-stand-up comedians, see the way I behave sometimes towards audiences and mm-hmm. think that I am like vicious, like spitting venom mm-hmm. sometimes. But it. Listen, girl. There are three. There are four stand-up gay men doing it in the city, yeah. mm-hmm. and only two of us doing clubs. And first of all, like Joel. Mm-hmm. Now I don't ever see Joel. Right. And the reason is there's you can't put two gay people no. on the same lineup, That's which sucks. Yep. because then I don't get a chance to see my friends. <sighs> so Joel and I never see each two other. Two totally different sets. Two completely different people, and you know people can't disassociate the gay thing. Yeah, they see me and Joel and say, "Ah, they're both gay. We're gonna hear the same thing. Don't book them." Oh. And so Joel and I never see each other. And I, I'm literally out sometimes in a true... I've been chased out by Turkish guys, four <laughs> Turkish guys who called me a faggot at no. a show. Oh well, God. it was one o'clock in the morning. And of course, I, you know, listen, stand-ups are not soft people. You know, my friends are 
These people are, yeah. there are some. So you got into it with them? Oh, yes. I said, really? I said, I'm the faggot? There's, I'm pretty sure it's 1 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and I'm seeing four men together at a table and not a woman to be found watching a gay man perform on stage. Who's the <laughs> faggot now? They chased me out. I had to go through the kitchen to get out. Jesus Christ. I've been heckled at uh, most shows I'm heckled. Most shows people say something gay, something homophobic. Something, oh and every night I get on stage and I say, who is gay? And maybe a hand goes up. So I'm performing, but gay See, men that's also different. don't. That's different from what we experience. Gay men do not. And listen, uh, don't no sad song for me. No, I love I, my life and I love these shows. You got stuff. more money than us too, but, bitch. Well, <laughs> that's up for debate. But you know, like gay men also have a real problem with gay men performing. That's not yes. in oh, drag or not a go-go boy. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Well, Joel and I actually just Joel texted me the other day. We were chit chatting about that because I mean I did an AIDS event once in Chicago and got booed oh, off the stage. God. I can't. Well, I let them. Stage. I let them have it. I well, I hope so. I, first of all, I play, I performed at a place that used to be called Manhole. Secondly, <laughs> they I was doing this show. It was a benefit for AIDS, and they would have like crochet jock straps on porn stars, and then they had the porn stars go up first, so the sex, sex, sex for fifteen minutes, and then they did an intermission. And then they all come back, and then they go, okay, now comedy. And I go on stage. I'm on stage for two minutes, struggling to get anyone's attention. Yeah. No one's listening to me. And so I said, is anyone going to listen? And this one guy yells. He goes, yeah, we'll listen if you put on a jock strap. And so then I go off. Then I say, oh, I get it, because I'm not Kathy Griffin or the ghost of Joan Rivers. You assholes don't give a shit about me. I said, but you, you won't support your own performers, but you'll support that weekend at Bernie's in Vegas called Britney Spears. <laughs> and then they started booing. But then I doubled down. I was uh, like, and Christina's a cunt, and I'm sure you're all mask tops, and you can all fuck off. And then I, I, I did six minutes, and was the sound of 200 gay men booing you is one I'll never forget. Wow. And I get off stage, and I walk, and I go into the green room where there's seven porn stars staring at me like I made the wrong choices in life. <laughs> I mean, it was a night. I was thinking yesterday, actually, about why RuPaul's Drag Race is such a sensation. It's one of the only ways that gay men can become stars. Think about that. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, there are no, ooh, there are me. very few gay men who are, like, actual stars. I mean, you got Neil Patrick Harris, you got Matt Bomer, and then, like, whatever. You could list the rest. What's... And they're becoming more, but that's because they're so fucking incredibly hot. They're Instagram like you call them, lobotomy fags. Lobotomy fags. <laughs> or a lobotomy fag? Just, just those Instagram models, Mateo, you know these people oh, yes. that are so dumb. <laughs> they've, they've, they've come from a lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. I, you know what's so funny is like I have a whole joke on this right now where it's like gay men are, first of all, they don't even give gay roles to gay people. They give those no. to straight people. Yep, it's and so number two, frustrating. our only other options are robots. Are Every <laughs> robot's been gay. First of all, C-3PO. <laughs> R2 is a lesbian. She came with a tool belt. <laughs> Wally listened to the Barbra Streisand version of Hello Dolly. Oh my and Michael God. Fassbender, an alien. And Gay. Ash from the original Alien died in a bukkake. I mean, that's our only options. Is oh we're God. robots. You saw the new alien where he kisses himself? Just so stupid. Awful. So stupid. But I loved it, but awful. I loved it too, but all the Joel and I saw it together and we were it like, it was an we awful movie. movie. It was an I saw it with movie. Amber Nelson. And <laughs> oh, Amber, I would have paid to see oh, to watch it with both of you. First of all, when you want to go to a scary movie, you go with Amber Nelson. Because literally, one time we went to go see Annabelle. Remember that dumb movie about the yes. fucking doll? Yeah. So, oh, no, 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 no. Amber taught. And I, I'm Amber a, I, taught? Oh, she. It gets real quiet, right? And like, and Amber in a full theater will just go, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, she gets so into it. It's oh, great. Fuck. It's great. Oh, I can hear that. Just Okay, but no, it's like what you were just saying, Matt, and what it was what Mateo was just saying, and it's what Guy Branham says all the time. It's that 
Uh, unless you're a drag queen, a go-go boy, or a fucking porn star, gay no men do cares. not care about it. Now, and that's now, let me so just say, frustrating. Let me just say, I think, through through my experience so far, and I think it's like me and James Adomi, who's been putting mm-hmm. in the work for a long time. Yeah. Guy yes. Branham, Julio, Joel, you yes. know, in the world of stand, stand-up. I'm just talking stand-up yes, specific yes. here. We are putting in the work, and I hope that we're being shown, you know, like late night sets and half hours and specials. and It's slowly becoming more acceptable. And and I'm finding that audiences are also more open to hearing about my life and curious. Yes. And I find that a lot of men uh, do not know gay people in their lives that they're friends with. And I'm, I'm opening a door for these people to show them a little bit into our world and to, and to also hopefully show that we're more alike than we are different. I try to bridge that gap as much as I can yes. in my stand up. But you're an ambassador to them. You're an ambassador to them and then you guy Joel James uh you know Julio John uh you guys are blazing the trail. It's it's beautiful to see. It really is. And I think the good thing too is all of us are friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean we may not talk every day, but, no, but I love these people. Tim Dillon is a big one. Tim, of course. Um yeah, I and frankly Adi, you know, there there's a group of us who are doing it and they're not doing it in just the gay scene and there's nothing wrong with totally, that. Totally. But we're I mean yeah, it's and it's great. And a lot of times, you know, I got criticism from older comics when I first came out because I was getting a lot and people would say, "Oh, how did you find your voice so quickly?" And I said, "Well, gay people were forced to find our voices when we were 13 years old. Yeah. We were suffering from demons and you're talking about staples." You know what I mean? So it's like it's a different <laughs> thing. It's a different thing. You had to just develop that sensibility as a defense mechanism. Yes. You really did. That's yes. what Patty Harrison says all the time, and I really think about that a lot. Um, wait, I just want to go back to this whole Tom debacle, but I remember like in the weeks leading up to that, to that first uh, set recording, the three of us were at Kellogg's Diner in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. We were in this section, and we had the a waitress with the goofiest fucking voice and I the worst mac and heard. cheese and the worst mac and cheese. Oh my god! Do you remember yes, this waitress? I remember her. Does she talk like that? Like, yeah. <laughs> she. It was really. Okay, you want the you want the mac and cheese? Yeah. Okay. And then she flew through a wall. No, I don't think she ever said illegible. Like not legible, uh, and Audible, intelligible. Yeah, intelligible. You know what I mean? I don't think that there was ever a moment where I really was confident in knowing what she was saying. No, and it wasn't and a was language she. thing. It was. I want to say it was not a language no. thing. It was a specific just the voice. The voice. Oh, okay. It was just. Yeah, Beaker. it was Beaker from the Muppets. Wow, I'm so happy you brought that back into. I remember that, my and mind. I remember we ordered mac and cheese without bacon. They brought <sighs> bacon, and they brought bacon, and with, with like little cheese and shredded. Want it. Also, don't something. order the mac and cheese at Kellogg's Diner, you guys. It's literally it's it's, it's it's so bad. It's and Lisa one time was like, "You said it was the best in the city." I was like, <laughs> "You obviously heard me wrong," and I have multiple eyewitnesses to prove yeah, otherwise. Yeah, it's bottom of the barrel bad. It's like literally like what you get at like the fucking Dwayne Reed. There you go. We can corroborate this uh, for Mateo uh, on behalf of Mateo to Lisa, Mateo, Matt, and I hated it. I wouldn't even talk it. about Maria Callas. I love this whole thing. No, no, no. We can talk, <laughs> no, about, we can talk Maria about Maria Callas. No, I don't want to take up your guys' time. I feel like I'm wasting everyone's no, time. No, so let's talk for a second about Maria Callas. We don't ha- it doesn't have to be the lecture. I mean, in order to see the lecture on... You have to be with Mateo. On Maria Callas, you have to oh, seek have out to Mateo. <laughs> single, single. Pay, pay uh, $800 for an eight-week class. 
on, on <laughs> Maria Callas. 201. 201. Yeah. Okay, um, so give us, like, the, the, the primer. Abridged. The abridged Tell version. us who she was, because the children are not going to know who Maria Callas is. Tell us who Briefly, she was. Briefly, I'll enough. just I'll keep it very brief. Okay. Maria Callas was an opera singer, American-born, Greek descent, moved back to Greece during the war, had to learn at the conservatoire in Greece and sell things to the black market in order to keep her family alive. That's my favorite part she about it. She also went in when she was supposed to be 18. She was a big girl, so she lied. She was 13. She learned early. She learned from a coloratura soprano, and Maria had a big, heavy voice, but she learned. It's almost like Avatar The Last Airbender, like firebenders who learn waterbending moves. Uh-huh. It's like she was a firebender who learned waterbending and was more fluid. <laughs> that's amazing. Pavarotti also learned how to breathe from a coloratura soprano, and that's why he was so fluid in his oh, singing. He learned sense. from Joan Sutherland. She taught him how to breathe. That's why Pavarotti could do trills, which a man to do trills is like, that's oh insane. Um, a man trilla? <laughs> um, she was a big fat singer. Ooh, I um, love had a, big, a huge range. Could sing anything for the female voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and she married this old fart named Meneghini, uh, who was this Italian businessman. And then she lost a hundred pounds in less than a year, wow. and became the fashion icon of the world. And had Jennifer uh, Hudson, and had like, <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> but she had a lot of and controversy in her life. She, she had a lot, lot of controversy, of controversy oh. in her life. She left uh, her husband for Onassis, and they had an affair. And then she left her career. And then you know she got thrown out of the Rome Opera one night, mm. and this whole hubbub. And then she um, Onassis destroyed her because then she she married Onassis. She stopped singing, so she lost all the great muscles for opera that you need. Mm. And then he she got pregnant by him, and he said, "You have me or the baby." So she had an abortion. <gasps> then he married Jacqueline Kennedy behind her back what? after she got an abortion for him. Then she. She went back and did Tosca, and it was a success. But then she just just sort of shriveled in her French apartment, her Paris apartment. And when Onassis died, she barely left her apartment again for the rest of her life and died at age 53 in 1977. Oh, this has to be a story we all know. Is there a movie? Why is it? They were going to do a movie of Masterclass, which I don't like that play because it doesn't represent who Maria Callas was. Because she did teach Masterclass at Juilliard, and I've listened to all of them. Uh And she is a musical genius. Wow. Genius. Who would you cast in the role of Maria Callas? Someone who's Mediterranean Greek looking. Okay. They wanted... um, Meryl Streep is not... She's not... Maria is known not... I mean, the physicality of her is really important because she had... Giant eyes, mm-hmm. giant nose. She she was beautiful, Bold but she features. was just yeah. this total Mediterranean woman. Yeah, and you can't get someone with soft features in there. You need like a young Liza, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I have the same eyes as Liza Minnelli, <laughs> and they're beautiful, like just giant, sleepy. Just no, but they're not. They're just they're just slanted in this gorgeous way. It's mine like, slant down like this, which is, which a, is Liza. It's yeah, it's a Southern Italian trait. I love it. People in southern Italy, we all have the same eyes. Our eyes go down like this. They wrap around like that, and it's a heavy eyelid. And people always think I'm high or tired. <laughs> like, are you tired? And I have to say, I'm wide awake. This is just how I look. <laughs> this is just how I look. Resting, Wait, resting, who? I don't. I have. I can't, I can't even think of an actress that fits that. I'm sure there's someone. There's okay. got to be someone, but not off the top of my head. I can't think. Gal- you need someone strong. You know, Maria. And Maria was a total diva, by the way. I mean, when she was interviewed, they're like, "What do you think of your your um, rivals?" And she goes, "Oh, I don't mean to correct you, but I don't have rivals." Ah! I mean, she was. She was quite a diva. She she basically started how uh, the way we sort of look at these glamorized divas. I love that. Very similar to Judy Garland and just the operatic Judy Garland. Sure, sure. Not she- drug addicted though. There you go. Oh, I was listening. But lost her voice. 
Oh, oh yeah, and right. there's a video of her singing um, uh, non, "Non più mesta," mm-hmm. and at, this is in 1962, and she had she was trying to come back. She could sing at a mezzo voice. She did a recording of Carmen, so the her voice oh, with, with Carmen was great because it's just for a mezzo soprano. Yeah. But when she tried to get back into those coloratura quick embellishments, there's a video of her, and she was doing some good chromatic skills down. At the very end, she tries to go up. I think, I think the note was only like an F, and she had this giant wobble to her voice literally like, ah, 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 ah. it was oh, yeah, it was it was like it was bad to watch her voice just plummet. so awful that this seems to happen a lot with these like not icons. patty you not, patty. not patty but like it's so frustrating that it seems to happen a lot like very few of them john seem happy er- john like, early and i talked about this in depth one day and we decided that we like it because, I, and hear me out, hear me out. We need tragic figures. Hear me out. Mariah, Maria, Whitney, they are... Judy. They are a... Judy are a big flash that goes out quickly. Oh. Whereas someone like Beyonce is just consistently good. But Beyonce is not that same Whitney whoosh you know sure. like just like you hear her singing you think <gasps> you know and like and, and this trash beyonce is just so good at everything uh-huh. but it's not the same like poof. yeah yeah and yeah. john really said it's 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 got to be something about that flash when maria Kals is the same way when she's saying no one had ever heard a voice go above an e at full voice no one had ever heard a, a mezzo studio color tour no one ever heard a, a singer who can act no one ever heard of a fashion no all these things she was doing this yeah. big flash in the pan and then sets the standard for the rest of everyone else in that career but then just done wow i mean i think there is something to that to what you and john were saying because i think it's like when the flash happens and everyone starts getting in on it they're like we like we're in on this while it's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there is something to that where it's like we're witnessing this. It's not. We, it might not last forever. Yeah. And we're witnessing something new. Yeah, I'm witnessing something that's never been heard before. You know, <sighs> that's the crazy thing you have to explain to people is the sounds you hear from singers today come from singers like Judy yes. and Barbara. Yes. You know what I mean? Like Barbara in the '60s, no one had ever heard someone sing like that before she was doing shows in men's clothing with egyptian eye makeup long fingernails Mm. eating baked potatoes on the stage and speaking french and italian to the audiences and then singing like you wouldn't even believe and people don't didn't know that sound they never heard that sound before but now anyone who's coming close today for you is there anyone doing anything new <laughs> it's okay. Jennifer but... Hudson blows me away when I listen to her sing, but there she's not go. that magnetic personality. She's a bit of a dud. So. She really, she's gotten better, I think, at really believing what she sings. Like I just saw her do a performance on The Voice, and it was a shit song. It was like it was a song, some some stupid song. I don't even know what it was called. It was some, some something like I remember me. <laughs> it was like stupid. I, I think the producers are more important than the artists now. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then that need for that type of singer doesn't exist anymore. It's a shame because you know you give her material where she can really show her gift and like everyone's blown away. I mean, but also that's a frustrating story because Jennifer Hudson, famous for Dreamgirls, when you really go back and you watch the Jennifer Holiday performance on the Tonys. Oh, that's it's far and away. That's the best that's one. a true uh, that's, that's a true moment in time. That is untouchable oh my yeah goodness. i mean it's it's so brilliant and that's the thing is like no one has the opportunity to do that 
You know who I Nowadays. love is a singer. I'm gonna play two seconds of her voice because I think you'll really like it. I I, oh. I love singers that are. I'm so Italian. I love singers that I have to. It's has to be so extreme, and that's why I love Mariah because yeah. it's this extreme, extreme. superhuman. As high as you can get. There is a singer named Cleo Lane who's now in her 80s, oh. and she's British, but she's half Jamaican, so she's got this beautiful fro hair and this like sort of deep, deep olive skin, and she has this weird sound. She's jazz singer. Weird sound of her voice, a very muffled sort of sound of her voice as she sings about down here. <laughs> but she has a five <laughs> octave range. Wow. So this is an example. I'll just play some like like, yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. No wait. This is just like her normal voice. Like you'll hear like the low sound. One second. <laughs> Yes. Very kind of like um almost like Shirley Bassey. Sulfuric. Yeah. And then the sulfuric. very end. <gasps> okay. Crazy. Cleo Lane? Cleo Lane, L A I N E. Oh, I was going to say maybe she's related. That I was wish. a teach the children moment. Teach the children. Yes, guys, get on Cleo go, Lane. Go look Cleo up her Lane. music. She is she's got these She's in her 80s now. She's in her 80s. she still sounds good. I, amazing. She said she'll stop singing when she gets a wobble and she hasn't gotten a wobble yet. <laughs> <laughs> um wait, I just want to bring this up. Uh today I listened to some old Judy. Uh I think Cottage for Sale. She she does this live version Shut of it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. What did um, you think of the Tonys last night? I, I didn't watch them. Yeah. Did you? No, I was on a bus. Sorry. Judy I know. I, I mean, honestly, there was nothing that happened. I can't believe Bette Midler did not perform. I can't oh, believe she did not sure. perform. It's so frustrating. Well, she's she's up there. I mean, she's yeah, like, but yeah. she's she's up there, but she's doing it every night. Yes. It's but... not about age. It's entirely about they didn't want to work it out or money or ego or whatever. And that's the one night a year you have to show the rest of the world what's happening on Broadway to sell it because it people need to save it from going under. Well, I you told her I would go sing for it. But <laughs> she said no. Liza, they sent David Hyde Pierce in your steed. Stead. Well, that step. faggot. Ah! <laughs> No, the singer. Who are the singers that make you it, cry? Because my the only singers that can make me cry are Judy. Okay. Specifically, a performance of her singing "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" when she was in the hobo outfit uh-huh. in like 1961, and um, Maria Callas. Those are the only two singers that make, make you cry. cry. Oh wow, boy, this is very difficult. Female singers? Any singer? Um. Okay, this is such a lame answer, but like not not just because of his cover of Hallelujah, Jeff Buckley. Mm-hmm. He has this whole live uh, set from uh, uh, this venue called Cine. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and then, God, maybe Celine. <laughs> I love Celine. I love Celine. Celine can stir up any emotion in me. What about you, Matt? I think that Celine certainly makes me feel many emotions. Mm-hmm. I think she's one of the most emotional singers we've ever had. I And it is all for you. Yes, and it is. <laughs> and we so accept it. So you. And yeah. I, I think that she's definitely a good answer. I... I'm very touched by Whitney, and honestly, like home Merv Griffin show her first. Oh, yeah, was she saying home? Yeah, mm-hmm. I will say, you know who? Speaking of home, 
The Diana Ross performance of Home actually it's amazing. really oh, makes yeah. me very it's emotional. It's amazing. She really told the story for me. And that was her at her best. Honestly, the yeah. last time I cried at a singer, and I really don't cry too much to music, I feel in other ways I kind of get up on my feet and move around. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I deal with my emotion when I'm really moved. Or I'll, like, lately... I'll, I'll like, cry at a Folgers Coffee commercial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a crier. I'm, like, a mover. I have to get up on my feet when I feel the spirit. Um, but I cried when Kelly Clarkson sang on The Last American oh, Idol. that's beautiful. I do love her. Yeah. Oh, and I, I sometimes her. cry to a really, sorry about it, honest Enya. to God country singer. And yeah. Any any country <laughs> singer that can really plant their feet well, and do it. Well, I don't always like, sing it. But then it. again, I also think that's the lyrics. I think, yeah. the lyri- I think I'm very susceptible to a good storytelling song and really honestly delivered lyrics. And that's honestly something I think sure. about myself is I really respond to lyrical content. And like, storytelling. And that, to me, has to go hand in hand with the vocal performance. Mate, did you just pull that melody out of your ass? Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, let's move <laughs> on to... We gotta do I Don't Think So Honey. Here we go. Um, th- so just so you know, guys, if you're just tuning in, good episodes are just tuning in on, y'all. Um, we do a little thing called I Don't Think So Honey. We take one minute to rail against culture. Something that's you know just not right with us. Not, just not sitting right with us. Yep. So Bowen Yang, yep. he shocked me today when he came in and said that he has one. Oh yes because usually not super prepared for this god love him <laughs> thank you are you ready i'm ready and i i'm not saying it's just because it's prepared it's going to be coherent but we're going to go with it I'm that's go fine okay and bowen yang's i don't think so honey time starts now i don't think so honey facebook.com for putting a 24-hour ban on me posting and liking <gasps> shit because i someone reported me for posting a photo in front of the white house yesterday during the equality march with pride flags everywhere with just you know anti-trump signs i i captioned this photo Fag power, hashtag equality march. Someone decided to report it for offensive language, so it was taken down. And look, it's not an automatic thing. Someone at Facebook, some fucking 25-year-old dipshit wearing sea glasses at Facebook headquarters in Menlo Park, California, (laughs) saw this post, saw this report, decided it was okay to give me a ban. I don't think so on Facebook.com. I don't think so on you bigots. I hope you bleed bleed out of your fucking assholes for all I care. You don't like gay people. People. This is not the month to do it. On the day of the Orlando mass, uh, the Orlando shooting of all days, have some respect, Five. you pieces of shit. You're done. I hate you. Move out of this country. I don't think so, honey. Whoa. I'm sorry. That was got really real. I feel this so strongly. And I'm mad at Facebook. And today I was like, honestly, like, I don't think I need this. Do you know I, I have not posted on Facebook, I think, in a solid year. I don't go on Facebook. Thank God. Yeah, I don't you don't go. need it. Although, Bowen, while you it's were speaking, stressful. a, a stressful. thought occurred to me. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a gay that did that. I wouldn't have been surprised Why, if though? it was a, because I I was think I don't know you guys. It's a year since Pulse. I think that today it's Pride Month. I think Pride Month is amazing. It's an amazing time to be proud, but I also think it's a really good time to look within and yeah. check ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think what you were saying before is really a thing. And gay people are cruel to each other. And I think it's great that we can all rally together for something like remembering pulse and in the wake of pulse and stuff like that and i think pride month is really is is more important now than ever but i will say that that thought occurred to me okay. that that someone could have seen the word fag because there's a lot of people in the gay community that just don't want to saying it at all guess, or like have limits on people 
saying it. I'm sure in every community. I'm going like to name my sub- album Faggots Revisited. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's I, that Eddie Murphy track. Yeah. I don't know. It just occurred to me. Sometimes oh, now I'm, I'm looking for homophobia from within as well. Oh, there's and it's, I think it's absolutely we need there. To, we need to do that. And like, I love our community. I love it. I'm just saying. And you know what it is? It's whenever Drag Race winds down, I think about this because they're so fucking cruel to those people. Oh, like, Drag Race these, these trolls, these like young gays who don't get it. I'm sure really people... young gays and also young, young straight people who watch the show just because it's fun. They don't get it. You know, I went to DragCon yes. and it was predominantly straight women who were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The straight... I mean, there were a lot of gay men, but there was a lot of straight women. Young there. straight women love Drag Race. Yeah, I was I was blown away by that. But I'm sure like I'm sure you I'm sure Bob has gone through the same sort of hateful speech. I mean, it's yeah. just you put yourself out there and people Yeah, we've had some talks. Want to yeah. tear you down. Oh yeah, I and mean, even you've gone through this. But anyway. It's oh, so I mean, I was talking about Bob. Yeah, I mean, like, I get it. The first comment I ever got when I was on um Guy Code was get this faggot off MTV. That oh was my the God. first tweet I got. Awful, awful, awful. And you know, this comment, I don't know why it stays with me, but Matt and I shot a video with Comedy Central one time. Some asshole. Uh, Never read the comments. Never yeah, read the comments. I know I've learned it. this, and I do, and I truly don't anymore. But like, the, and beca- because of this shit, like someone said, would be better without Asian faggot. Yeah, Thank listen, you so much. and you know what, Bowen, that is that person's problem. Of course, and, of course. And, and I know. Listen, I'm only speaking from experience. Mm-hmm. You really, re- the more you guys are both super talented, and you guys are both going to be very successful. And especially for you, people are going to be making racist comments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I learned it from Joan three years ago. She was in an interview, and I stuck to it. She goes, if you're saying something negative, you're wasting your time. <gasps> I'm not looking. Go ahead. Write all you want. Not looking. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, because you know what? You'll never win. You'll never, ever, ever Get everybody on your side. Mm. The best you can do is live your life. And the best that you can do is be the true person that you can be. Listen, at the end of the day, you have two options. One, you do what you want to do. You express yourself how you want to express yourself. Or two, don't and crawl into a hole and hide away from the world because you're afraid that someone's not going to like you. Mm -hmm. So, listen, you're doing the right thing. Mm. And people are going to say all these awful, horrible things. Don't look. Don't look. I could. I mean, I could cry right now. It's. It's. Thank you, Mateo. That's okay. All right. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Well, you mm-hmm. just get some pills. <laughs> Lies and no. <laughs> I feel shitty that I even have to do, and I don't think so honey oh, right now. Stop. But I'm gonna continue to come for the community. In my, I don't think so honey. Here, Here we go. Here we go, <laughs> Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. This is a very self-critical. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm looking within a lot these days. Been through a lot. Here we go, and time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Reddit, bitch. You finally got me. I went on there, and I know everything that happens in that fucking finale of Drag Race. And I am so upset with myself. But you know what? I also blame a lot of my friends who dangle and dangle and dangle the Reddit info in front of me. And then you know what? I'm a curious motherfucking cat. And I have to look. I went and I looked and there was more revealed than I wanted to be revealed. And let me tell you, I'm gagged. But also I'm disappointed because I know. And I'm thinking to myself, Fuck, with these Reddits, I don't think so, honey, with all these spoiler websites, with our, like, uh, television culture nowadays, nothing can be enjoyed in the moment. 
And it's made the way I watch TV different. I don't think so, honey. Reddit sites like you and you people on Reddit who don't put the spoiler at least ban over the words. And you know I'm going to touch it, but just put it there. Five seconds. Follow the rules, bitch. All you Reddit users. I hope that you don't enjoy anything ever again. And <laughs> that's one so minute. Matt, you got to stay off Reddit just for any. Listen. I don't even know how to use it's, Reddit. You, it's, it's First of all, it's horrible to navigate. And then you get it's in like there. Snapchat. I don't sure. know. I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. And people on the on the Drag Race subreddit are vicious. They're Speak, Speaking of horrible, yeah, Ginger was sharing some of the things she was reading on. Oh my god. Reddit. I was like, Ginger, why are you reading that? Yeah. Oh no. She's horrible. she's got to get off. People are terrible to her. Well, I didn't yeah. even know it existed, but she found a really funny meme someone made of her and I. I was running after her with a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> because so you cute. never think it's gonna be you. I'm sure. Totally. totally. Like you. I'm you, sure I'm on there. I'm oh, sure of it. Who knows? There the you thing go. is, like, you, when you're a queen that gets on Drag Race, you think, oh, my God, my life's going to change. You think, there's no way I'm going to be the villain, right? And then you fucking become the villain. And also, yeah, like, it is based on shit that you do, but it's also a drag competition, and you're supposed to be shady and a bitch. It's fine. It's yeah, people fine. don't really get what drag is. They no. don't think they do. Especially the young girls that love it. There you yeah, go. Yeah. That's okay. Hard. Okay, it's time for me to Oh God! Now I feel like I don't want. I don't. I don't have this. I, it's I, okay. I think it, what, what you told us before the show. You don't have to do that one. But we, what you told us before we started recording, I thought was perfect. But you can do anything you want. Um. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um. Suddenly I'm so stressed out. It's, I'll. I'll try that, but I can't do the same energy level. Don't. As you five, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Four. <laughs> three. Mateo, two. I don't think so. Honey, time starts now. I don't think so, Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> and here's the thing, as I know that she's like like Mika from A Morning Joe, which uh. is one of my favorite shows to watch, always <laughs> says that she's like uh, political porn, that these pundits bring her on and just have her argue and argue and argue and go in these circles. I just think that we'd better off if we could put her in season one of Fox's The Swan, <laughs> a show where they took <laughs> 19 women who honestly needed a blowout in a new like jacket, but forced them <laughs> to, if the months of invasive plastic surgery and oh, shielded no. them from their family and mirrors and seconds. then made them look exactly like the host of the show <laughs> and then forced them into a beauty pageant with the other women. I just think that the only reason Kellyanne Comet could do it was one, get her and those bags you could smuggle children in with under her eyes and just fix that face and then two, we could hide, we could be, she could be out of our lives for at least six months <laughs> and then she can come back and at least we could, you know, look at her. So that's it. So I just don't think so, Kellyanne Comet. There you go. That's one minute. Oh my God. Um, that's that was how they were putting women on television. I at that can't time. believe that horrible. On that show is so horrible. But I would have watched eighteen seasons of it. <laughs> have you heard about this Bachelor in Paradise garbage? <laughs> no. I, so there I, was sexual misconduct. Apparently, like there could have been a sexual assault on the show, and Bachelor in Paradise is now canceled. And they were filming for one day, and the contestants got so fucking wasted that like something bad happened and they had to pull it and I'm like well what do you think what did you expect <laughs> this is literally rape culture on television it's I, been like that I do you know literally the only shows that I watch on TV I wake up every morning I put on Morning Joe I make my coffee <laughs> I, I don't know why I like Mika. that show I listen to Howard Stern I watch yeah, I The View Howard. I watch Wendy Williams mm -hmm. and then uh, that's it I watch Zelda stuff on YouTube I've been watching Zelda stuff on YouTube too and like it's like 99 things you didn't know about this game 17 things you didn't know about this game yep it's like uh, get like fucking um, like oh, oh uh, uh, snowboarding on your shield snowboarding on your shield do you watch that video where it's like 
here's Lon Lon Ranch from Ocarina of Time. Yes, and it's the exact same. It's the yeah. exact same yeah. layout, and it's yeah. creepy as hell. So this is I the think exact it's a beautiful same thing. conversation that was happening before when I was like, we got to start the episode. I watch I'm... game run-throughs of people beating my favorite games from when I was a kid. They beat it like in an hour, and there's like a bunch of people around them, oh and then like God. it's for, like some cancer benefit or something. You guys are but, for real. Oh, I love there it. something about this, Mateo. Um, you have a show to go to after this, but anytime you want this summer, come over. I got my, I got my Switch, so we can play oh. Mario Kart. We can play this oh. new game, Arms. I also we would just like to sit and play Zelda. Please, Zelda. And you, I would watch you play Zelda. You would, no, you would watch I, me. Vice versa. Okay, That's my favorite thing is to watch. When I grew up, all my cousins, my cousin Michael was the oldest. So he would play the video games. And me and all my other cousins would sit and watch him play video. And it's one of my favorite things to still do today. It's fantastic. I think. And yeah. you guys at home can all come too. And me and you guys will go smoke a bowl in the next room while they play. <laughs> there you go. Everyone listening is invited. Guys, we've had such an amazing episode. Guys, thank you so much. I really am. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you, you so much for being on. Truly a light. Really, seriously. Oh, one of the thanks. most talented people that we know. And, oh, well. And a we love you good so friend. much. And thank you so friend. much for coming. Thank you. This we, is, that's Matt love Rogers. Fest. And that's Bone Yang over there. That's Mateo Lane. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, oh. Forever. <laughs> this has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.